Amen. Amen. Boy, you know what? Y'all make me want to preach. Isn't that beautiful, Brother Chad? But y'all know that's what we're going to be doing when we get to heaven. Praising God. Singing praises to the Lord. Now, why would anybody want to add mechanical accompaniment to this, the beauty of this singing? Acapella singing. Mm. Thank you all for being here. Thank you all so much for being here, especially those if you're visiting with us. We want you to know you are a truly honored and welcome guest. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You know, I just can't say enough about this congregation. The Fountainhead Congregation, you are a wonderful congregation. You are. Brother Chad, I appreciate you, and you all have a wonderful minister. Uh, great, busy. You know, his name ought not be Chad Loveless. It ought to be Chad Lovely. <laughs> because he loved him some God, and he loved this congregation, and he loved you all. He does. And you all have a great, great set of elders. You're truly a blessed congregation. Don't take that for granted. Don't take that for granted. You know, it's easy. It's easy for me to come down as a visiting preacher and come and give you some things. But the, really the challenge is when I leave. It's what you're going to do with it. And I know Brother Chad and, and the elders and the deacons, I know you all just have a great focus. And I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to move, take, take this, move forward with it. Be the kind of church God would have you to be. Thank you for all the visiting sister congregations that are here. Thank you, brother, for that awesome prayer. You said so much in that prayer. You know, we're challenged this day and time. As the Lord's church, we are challenged. I want to commend the young people here. God bless you all. It is wonderful to have the young, because the young people are our future. They're the ones who's going to keep this torch moving forward. And if, and if you all don't invest in the young people, you are setting yourselves up for failure. You really are. So all those that are working with these young people, I commend you. Keep up the good work. Keep up the good work. Brother Chad already mentioned to you, we're going to be looking at a, a parable out of the book of Luke, Gospel of Luke, chapter 16. You may have already turned there. But you know what? We, we, we are just so thankful that God did us. My brother prayed. We're so thankful that God allowed us to be here tonight. It's by his grace and mercy that we're here. Not because we've been so good, but because we serve a good God. He's been better than me than I've been to myself. And you know, you all, and if we're going to worship God in the proper way, uh, we, must, we must open our spirits up to God. We have to. And when our spirits, church, are, are open to God, then we will be open to what God has to say to us in his word. That's very important. You know, I know we call this a gospel meeting, but really I like to call it a revival. If we can get God's people fired up, I believe we don't have to worry about uh, uh, unbelievers coming here because you're going to be so fired up that you're going to go out there and tell some folk. 
that the word of God is preached at, 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 at the Fountainhead Church of Christ and our other sister congregations. You're going to go tell some people. And brethren, I'm preaching to those of us who are in a covenant relationship with God. That's who I'm speaking to. Uh, in this parable, I am speaking to disciples. I'm speaking to, uh, to followers of Christ, learners. In Luke chapter 14, Jesus said, you want to come unto me? You've got to love me more than anybody in anything. Church, I think we've lost that. I think we've lost that love. We, 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 we sometimes just get complacent. But Jesus says, if you want to follow me, you have got to put me first in your life. Brethren, I'm talking to those people, those people who says, I love you, Lord. I'm talking to the ones that said that I'm willing, Jesus, to take up my cross and follow you. Not just every now and then. I'm wanting to take up my cross and follow you daily, Lord. I'm talking to those people. Those are the ones I'm talking to, and I hope those people, you, will be revived. That's my hope. That's my prayer. Now, let us continue our study, brethren, of this great parable that's preached by the greatest preacher of all times, Jesus Christ. And we find it in the book of Luke, the gospel of Luke, chapter 16. And we're going to begin reading at verses 1, and we'll be looking specifically at the first nine verses. Brother Chad, say I'm not in chapter 16, but actually we're going to get there tonight. And we won't get all of that, but we're going to get there tonight because you'll understand why he said what he said in Luke chapter 16, verses 1. Church, this is a continuous saga, okay? It is a continuous story that you have to connect to. And beginning in the verses 1 of chapter 16, the Bible says, Luke writes, he also said to his disciples, there was a certain rich man who had a steward. And an accusation was brought to him that this man was wasting his goods. So he called him in and said to him, what is this I hear about you? Give an account of your stewardship, for you can no longer be steward. Then the steward said within himself, what shall I do? For my master is taking the stewardship away from me. I cannot dig. I'm ashamed to beg. I have resolved what to do, that when I'm put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. So he called every one of his master's debtors to him and said to the first, how much do you owe my master? And he said, a hundred measure of oil. So he said to him, take your bill and sit down quickly and write 50. Then he said to another, and how much do you owe? So he said, a hundred measure of wheat. And he said to him, take your bill, write 80. So the master commended the unjust steward because he had dealt shrewdly for the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. So this is where we have trouble with this parable. He says, so the master commended the unjust steward. I've asked you each day, brethren, why in the world would you commend a steward who was unjust? Well, Jesus gives us the answer. He says, because he had dealt shrewdly. This man was smart. Um, this man was cunning. 
He was slick. Brother, this man was smooth. Y'all ever seen them kind of people? That's how this man was. And then he says, for the sons of this world are more shrewd in that generation than the sons of light. The King James translation says, for the children of this world are wiser in their generation than the children of light. And brethren, that's where we're going, verse 9. And I say to you, make friends for yourselves. What do you want me to use to make friends for myself, Jesus? By unrighteous mammon, that when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. Brethren, my everlasting habitation and your everlasting habitation, in some sense, brethren, rests on how accountable we are in the use of our financial resources. In this, I thought, wow, this is, this is worth looking into. Our topic is really revival, and I hope you'll take this in a positive way, church. I know some will say, well, we already doing good. I know that would be the mindset of some, but you know what? You don't have to be sick to get better. Am I right? You don't have to be out of shape to work out. And look like some of y'all need to work out. <laughs> y'all, y'all blame Brother James. Brother James is the reason, as Brother Chad said, I'm here. Y'all blame him. And so if I say something y'all don't like, y'all just take this up with Brother James. As leaders, as preachers and teachers, brethren, we ought to want our congregation where we labor to be the very best congregation they can be. Where I labor, the Polo Church of Christ, I want our congregation to be the best church we can be. And brother, now let me tell you something. I'm all, I'm all for uh, challenging error and denominationalism. Don't get me wrong. But here's the thing. While we are challenging, brethren, everybody else, let us not neglect the growth of our own flock. Amen? This sermon by Jesus starts in Luke chapter 15. And with the problem, the problem was with the scribes and the Pharisees. And, they, and, 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 and brethren, they're not appreciating an, an aspect of the Lord's ministry. And which was, he spent much time, in their opinion, with publicans and sinners. He spent, he, he spent most of his time with no good people. He has to, and what Jesus got to do is, Jesus got to help these people, brethren, see sinners the way he sees sinners. So if, if you see sinners, church, like folk who, are, who are, are, are not worthy, like very much, if they're not much, much of, worth much of our time, brethren, if you see sinners as people who has very little redeeming value, if you, brethren, if you see sinners as spiritually bankrupt people, no account people, if you see them as you don't have time for people, brethren, you're thinking it's wrong because you need to see them the way Jesus sees them. Brethren, we will be, you will be an evangelistic church, brethren, that keeps and nurtures and builds up those we baptize, but you have to have a healthy respect 
of how the Lord sees sinners. So to get them to see sinners the, the way he sees sinners, Jesus says, let me tell you some stories. That's, that's why he told the parables, brother. He wasn't just walking down the street one day and said, well, let me tell you some parables. There was something going on. And if you want to really see the heartbeat in the, in, the, in the essence of Jesus, you read the parables. And the first point in my sermon, church, is some sinners are like sheep that stray away. And brethren, there's some sheep that will stray away, and, there, and there's got to be some shepherds who has to, be, has to be concerned enough, brethren, to bear the burden of restoration and hazard himself, go out on yonder's hill and search for that sheep. How long do I search, preacher? Uh, search until you find him. Search until you find her. Search for him in the rain and search for him in the storm and search when it's in season and out of season. You search for that lost sheep, that sheep that is strayed away. And search when, brethren, when folk will talk about you because they'll talk about you. Amen. And, and, and if you don't get out there, church, you won't bring them in here. Somebody has got to leave the 99. Amen. That was episode number one. Y'all remember that? Come on, y'all. I've been here long enough. Y'all supposed to talk back to me. Y'all remember that? Amen. Brother, what kind of revival we will have, you will have, if it started, if you started reclaiming some folk? It may be your son. It may be your daughter. It may be your grandchild. It may be a cousin or uncle or aunt, somebody who cares enough to get out there. And what you need to do is you need to bring them back in here. You may, you may have to put them on your shoulder. You may, have, you may have to go and get them. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, you may have to say, you may have to say, well, well, they, they, well, they say, well, I got to cook dinner. You say, no, 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 I'm going to bring you dinner. No, better yet, you come eat with us. Y'all didn't like that, okay. <laughs> Maybe you had to take them some dinner, okay. Um, that was point number one. The second point, brethren, is we need to activate the inactive. You got to, brethren. What kind of revival will we have if everybody that was a part of this congregation was working? Can y'all imagine that? Fountainhead, can you imagine everybody here working? You can't even imagine it, can you? Brother, don't you know, when, when, when you've got 80% of your workforce sitting down on strike, you got 80% of your workforce calling in sick, no wonder, brother, they just, they, just, they just own the clock and not produce it. Brother, what they're doing is they're standing on the promises, but they're sitting in the premises. Somebody get that in the parking lot. You see what I'm saying, brother? See, that's where we stopped last night. Brethren, if you are inactive, I am encouraging the preacher and the elders to get you active, give you something to do. You've got to have it. Brother, can you imagine that you went out there and reclaimed the, the lost, the one that strayed, and then you come in here, and not only are you working, but the ones you reclaim, brethren, you put them to work. You see that? People got to know they are needed. 
They got to know they need it. So that's where we stopped last night. Everybody got that? Everybody there? One of the things that has had to happen, brethren, is if we're going to activate the inactive, we have to have a mindset. And, and the Lord really wants you to grow. Growth, let me tell you something, church. Growth is not what happens on Sunday morning. All right? We got that wrong. You have to get involved. You have to be involved in ministry. In the churches of Christ, in the churches of Christ, brethren, we have been strong on doctrine. And, and, and let me tell you something. We got the right doctrine. Amen. We got the right doctrine, brethren. I believe and I preach the doctrine. We have been long on doctrine, but we have been short on good works. That's right. And if we aren't careful, church, if we aren't careful, we will become irrelevant to the very people we are trying to reach. That's right. So well, somebody will say to me, well, preacher, that ain't scriptural. Well, I know you'll say that because I know how you are in the church of Christ. Been in the church all my life. I know how you are. Well, can I get you some Bible? You know, you all used to be the kind of people where where we, we, we used to we used to be the kind of people where we spoke where the Bible spoke and was silent where the Bible was silent. We used to be the kind of people to go to where we can give you some word of God, couldn't we? Well, let me give you some Bible for this. I want you to turn over to Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 13. And I want to show you this, brethren, and, and, and we're still in the parable. I'm going to show you this, though. This is important for, for you to understand those who are inactive. In Hebrews chapter 13, listen to the Hebrew writers, starting in verse 12. He says, therefore, Jesus, also that he may sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered outside the gate. Therefore, let us go forth to him outside the camp, bearing his reproach. For here we have no continuing city, but we seek the one to come. Verse 15, therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Church, you know what that is? That's praise. That's praise. When we come to worship Sunday morning, that's praise, church, the fruits of our lips. And for many of us, that's where our Christianity stops. That's right. It stops with our praise, brethren. And when we get in here on Sunday morning, that's to celebrate God, what God has already done for us throughout the week, brethren. So that's why he starts out talking about what he's done. He suffered at the gate. Y'all see that? Now, brother, and because he suffered outside the gate, he's praiseworthy. Amen. So when we come into the church building, we ought to praise him because he's worthy to be praised. So let's offer the sacrifice of praise. Let's sing amazing grace. Let's sing uh, some glad morning when this life is over. I'll fly away. Let's sing what a friend we have in Jesus. Let's sing no, not one. Let's sing have a little talk with Jesus. Let's sing somebody. Let's sing come on and sing let's sing and praise them brethren and say thank you lord but verse 16 says but do not forget to do good and to share for with such sacrifice god is well please now brethren let's praise him but don't forget to go to work amen well y'all like that one Okay, you didn't like that one. Let me give you another one. Turn, turn, over to, turn back over to the book of Titus. 
Look at this, brother. This is, this is some good stuff. It's about praise, brother, but it's also about work. Don't come to the celebration and, and, and leave the celebration and no work gets done. Watch what Titus says in Titus chapter 2 and verse 14. Brother, he says this, uh, verse 14. It's also and who gave himself for us that he may redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, what? Zealous for good works. So what am I to be zealous for, Titus? Good works. Chapter 3, verse 1. Remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities, to obey, to be ready for every good work. Look at verse 8, brethren. This is a faithful saying, and these things I want you to affirm constantly, that those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable to men. Verse 14, but it ain't nothing but three chapters in Titus. Verse 14, he says, and let our people also learn to maintain good works, to meet every urgent needs that they may not be unfruitful. Brethren, there is no room in God's economy for fruitless branches. Amen. God did not save us, brethren, just so that we can get in here and sit down. That's right. So, so, so we talked about that. We, we talked about the lost corn. Y'all remember that? Didn't we do it? Y'all don't remember it? I can preach it again tonight. You remember it? Amen. I don't have another 20. <laughs> Let me tell y'all something since Brother Chad said that. He told me today, for those that was here last night, I just tried to make an illustration. And Brother Chad went home last night and taped that 20 back together. You know what he did? He bought pizza with it. I know what he did. He figured out, I better spin this thing now while I can. I got you, Chad. I got you, brother. Now, so we talked about that, brother. Now, here's the third point that Jesus makes in this parable. Some sinners are like that boy who rebelled against his father. Y'all remember it? Y'all know I'm not going to. I'm not going to go through all that. Y'all, y'all remember the prodigal son, right? That boy rebelled against his father. Let me say something right here, church. If they stray, go get them. Preachers, elders, leaders, go get them if they stray. But if they're inactive, brethren, if they're the lost corn in the house, patiently encourage them to become active. Tell them, I need you. We have some things for you to do. Encourage them, brethren. But if they rebel, that's like this prodigal. There's a different response from Jesus, brethren. This boy said, Father, give me my portion of goods. What he was saying to his father was, hurry up and die. Hurry up and die so I can get what's coming to me. Yeah, you go on and die, brethren. That's some soul enough rebellion. But then there are folks in our congregations who are rebellious. Now, I know y'all ain't got none here in Portland, but we got them in Poto. <laughs> Just don't want to line up. But you know what I'm saying? They, they, <laughs> they don't stray. They don't sit there inactive. They're just rebellious, church. And the interesting thing is that the father in this parable does not beg this boy to stay. 
Matter of fact, he helps them to leave. Amen. And brethren, I don't mean to be sound harsh right here, but if you just don't want to be here, if you just aren't willing to submit to the authority of the leadership here at this congregation, everybody is a blessing to the church. Some are a blessing when they come. And some are a blessing when they go. That's right. The father did not get this boy to stay. He didn't, brethren. He let this boy go. Now, let me show you one more thing, and I'll be in chapter 16. When that boy left, brethren, he figured out some stuff. And it was not until he started back, brethren, that grace was extended to this son. Point number one, you cannot miss this, brethren. The sheep strays. The sheep does not, brethren, find the shepherd. The shepherd has to go out and find the sheep. That's grace. Grace is when the offended, God has been offended, brethren. Grace is when the offended offers the hand of reconciliation to the offender. The corn church cannot find the woman. The woman has to sweep the house, has to light a lamp, brethren, sweep the house and search until she finds the corn. That's God's grace. Third point, brethren, the boy does not come home to the father. He's on his way home. The father is in the house, and the father sees him. Where is he, preacher? He's a great ways off. The father comes down from the house to where the boy is, brethren. In the house, he's Jehovah. In the house, he's Yahweh. In the house, brethren, he's God the Father. But in order to reconcile the boy, he has to come down from the house. And when he comes down from the house, he's God in Christ. He's Emmanuel. Amen, brethren. He's God with us. That's who he is. He is Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, and he reconciles the boy to himself. That's point number three. Y'all see that? Y'all see that? Come on, y'all. Y'all see that? The lost sheep. The lost coin. The prodigal son. Now Luke 16. Verse 1. He also said to his disciples. Y'all remember on Sunday night I told y'all to remember to underline that he also said? Here we are. And he also said, can y'all see it, brethren? You have to see the big picture. When you put it in its context, he's been dealing with these scribes. He's been dealing with these Pharisees. He's been dealing with these publicans and sinners. But another part of his audience are the 12. Amen. So he turns to his 12. And he also said to his disciples. 
Now, brethren, I've just been giving you a little bit, and, 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 and you've got to tune in on tomorrow night. He said to his disciples, y'all have got to deal with something. See how Jesus, Jesus was a master teacher. Y'all got to deal with something. He says, there was a certain rich man who had a steward. And an accusation was brought to him that this man was wasting his goods. So he called him in and said to him, what is this I hear about you? Give an account of your stewardship, for you can no longer be steward. I noticed, brethren, that the steward is silent. The steward does not say anything, brother Eric. That's a good lesson for all of us. When you've messed up, I've learned in 30 years of marriage. <laughs> when you wrong, just hush. <laughs> the steward gives no defense. And the master says, go get the books. Why do I need to go get the books? Because you can no longer be steward. Brother, I've given you the picture. Now I want you to see the problem. Y'all remember those four points from the very beginning on Sunday night? We got the picture. We got the problem. We got the plan. And then we got the point. I want you to see the problem. Okay? This is why Jesus tells these stories. Two or three problems. Now, tomorrow we're going to deal with the plan, and we've got to see the plan. You cannot miss the plan, brethren. The plan is where we're going to see Jesus. And the, th and the theme is the same thing, brethren, the continuous grace and mercy of Jesus. Now, I'm going to show you, brethren, in his death, the plan. I'm going to show you his atonement and his propitiation and his justification in the plan. But here's the problem. The problem is a certain rich man had a steward. I want you to pay attention to the word steward, okay? Because all of us are stewards, brethren. The rich man is God. Y'all see this? The rich man is God. The word steward means one who is in charge of that which belongs to another, all right? What you and I need to get our arms around tonight is none of this stuff we have is really ours. Amen? The rich man owns everything, brethren. God owns everything. And what I have, what God have, he has entrusted to me and to you. Everything belongs to God. The roof over your head belongs to God. The clothes on your back belongs to God. The furniture in your house belongs to God. The food on your table belongs to God. Money in your checking account belongs to God. Brother, your 401k belongs to God. Amen. Your IRA belongs to God. When somebody gets this, just say amen. Everything belongs to God, brethren. Your family belongs to God. And the reason you might as well admit it, brethren, because God is the one who can take it away in a twinkling of an eye. And you can't do nothing about it. Amen. And if you don't believe me, ask Job. Amen. 
See, brother, and sometimes we'll lose stuff, not because you've been a bad person, but sometimes our losses are due not because we've been wrong, brethren. It may just be because you're doing some things right. That's right. And God decided to brag on you. And your name came up in that meeting. And God said, have you considered my servant, Donald? Have you considered my servant, Chad? So don't worry, brethren. Just trust in the Lord. And when you can't see his hand, trust his heart. He is always right. And if you lose a loved one, brethren, it's still all right. Y'all remember, y'all remember the story uh, in John 11, Mary and Martha? Y'all remember that story? One time, one time, time, Martha got all upset with Jesus. Y'all remember that, brethren? Because, because Jesus didn't come when she called him. Uh, she said, you remember that Martha, Martha and Mary had a, had a brother that was sick? Yeah, you remember that? Lazarus. And she sent a message. And, and she says, the one whom you love is. She didn't even have to put his name on the message. Yeah, just the one you love, Jesus. Now, now the one whom thou lovest is sick. I don't have to tell you it was Lazarus. You already know who you love. Amen, brother. Now, the implication was, if he sent Jesus and I sent you the message, you need to come on because we expect for you to come on and heal Lazarus. Am I right? When we call on you, Jesus, you need to be here. But you, but you have to know, brother, sometimes the Lord's timetable ain't our timetable. Amen. And Jesus stayed where he was, and then the man died. Y'all remember that story? And when, and when Lazarus died, brethren, Jesus still was not there. And when he did, and when Jesus did finally show up, they, they already had, had the funeral. Yeah. Y'all remember Martha's attitude? Jesus shows up four days late. Martha said, Lord, if you had just been here. No, 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 brother. She didn't, she didn't say, come on in, Jesus, and have a seat. She didn't say, let me, let me, let me give you a, uh, let me get a servant for you, Jesus, so he can wash your feet. Brother, she didn't say, Jesus, how was your trip? Was everything all right? She didn't say, was your flight okay? Lord, amen. She didn't say any of that, brethren. She met him and she said, Lord, if you had just been here, my brother would not have died. And then Jesus, brethren, this is amazing. Jesus had the, the audacity to say, show me where you laid him. What do you want me to show you where I laid him for? Ain't no sense in going out to the cemetery. He's already dead, Jesus. Y'all see this woman's, I'm trying to get y'all to see this woman's attitude. Yeah, brother, you, you, you didn't show up when we sent word to you, Jesus. You could have come to the hospital. We saw you heal other folk. Amen. And then, and then to make matters worse, Jesus, you, you don't even come to the funeral. We had you down to do the eulogy. Mm-hmm. We had to get somebody else to come in and, and, and preach the funeral, Jesus. And, and then you come dragging in here four days late. And, and yeah, I'm upset about it. Jesus said, your brother will rise again. She said, don't be quoting on Bible to me. I know, I know he'll rise again at the resurrection. And Jesus says, you know what, Martha, you know a lot of stuff. 
But what you don't know is the one you're talking to, because the one you're talking to, I am the resurrection. Huh? Brother, when Jesus shows up, he's right on time. Amen. Lose everything. Be a Christian enough about it to say the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Brother, we are all stewards. Y'all see this? And when we figure that out, church, we won't be worrying about all this stuff. I'm going to win in the end. You're going to win in the end. The devil can't do me no harm. I'm sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. I've been insured, brethren, an inheritance and a down payment has already been made on my mansion robe and crown. Amen. What do you wear it for? The fight is already fixed. We already go in. Well, I want to show you two other things about the problem and, and then the plan. But we'll do that tomorrow night. Stay tuned. Because it gets gooder and gooder. <laughs> the plan was so good that the master commended him. The master said, it was so good, brethren. The master said, he commended the unjust steward because he dealt shrewdly the sons of the world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. We got to wrap this up tomorrow. I'm going to show you some amazing stuff. But can y'all see now what Jesus was doing? Fountainhead Church of Christ. Unless you see sinners the way Jesus sees sinners. Jesus sees sinners as lost sheep, lost corns, and prodigal sons. Fountainhead Church of Christ, when you start seeing sinners like that, some folk who has value, they may not look like us. They may not talk like us. They may not walk like us. But Jesus says you better love them enough. And if you got to go out on yonder's hill and spend your money to, to reach out, it's about your mammon. This church will never be what God intends for her to be. Is this all right? I know we got to wrap up tomorrow. We're going to wrap up tomorrow. We're going to put it all together tomorrow. But if you're here tonight, tomorrow is not promised to you. Tonight the Lord is calling you to come to him. Tonight God is saying, I'm the owner of the house. And what I've done through my son is he's gone to prepare a place for a prepared people. Don't you all know that heaven is a prepared place for prepared people? You don't, you don't make preparations in heaven to get there. Preparations are made here. 
Brother, let me just tell you something. It ain't no, ain't, ain't no such thing as purgatory. All you have is today. That's why they call it the present. It's a gift. And the day you hear his voice, hearten not your heart. You come to him. How do I come to him, preacher? Broken? With a contrite spirit? Realizing that I'm nobody without God. Realizing that without Jesus' precious sinless blood, I cannot, I cannot even think about making it to heaven. But I want to come in contact with the blood of Jesus Christ. Because I know that's what washes away all my sins. Every bit of them. And when, I'm, when, and when, I, when I come to him full of faith and, 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 and willing to con- repent of my sins and willing to confess before men and be buried in the water of grave of autism, then God says... This is what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to remit all your sins. I'm going to wash you clean. No wonder Nicodemus said, how can a man be born again? How can a man go back into his mother's womb? You guys, church, that's how, that's how dramatic this thing is. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. That Jesus is willing to save somebody like me. I can't believe it. But it's all because of his grace and mercy. So if, you don't, if you're not in Christ Jesus, and the only way you can get in Christ Jesus is you have to obey. You have to obey. You have to, you have to respond properly to his plan of salvation. And when you do that, God can do something. And, brother, it's, and it's not about what, how you feel about it. This is an objective thing. It's the facts. It's the word of God. And let me just say this. On the other hand, if you are a child of God, but if you're a child of God and you have not been walking the way God wants you to walk, don't leave out of this building tonight thinking that ah, I'm running to my sin, I like my sin, I show up and y'all think I'm all right. It's not about what we think. It's about what God knows. And he knows everything. He knows everything. He has an ever-watching eye. Don't you all know, brethren, that's what keeps me straight? Because I know my God is watching. In the dark, in the daylight, behind the doors, in my mind, he knows what I'm thinking. And somebody tonight may need to say, you know, preacher, I just want to be right with God. I have not been living. I've been inactive. I've been, I've been walking in the world, one foot in the world, one foot in the church. I've been so hypocritical. And, Lord, and don't you all know, uh, young folk aren't the only ones that are hypocritical. You old folks are too. And sometimes you get set in your ways. Y'all ever heard that old adage, you can't take a, teach a, a, an old dog new tricks? Yeah, you can, if you're willing to learn. So if you're here tonight and we can help you, won't you come as we stand and sing the song of invitation?